0: scott kennedy
1: welcome in welcome and there we go we got our first light coming in dom Harmio out there in albuquerque good to see you Dom, out there on facebook and welcome into everybody this is broncos for breakfast it is thursday morning november 17th we are flying through this year man it's gonna be 2023 here really soon probably fortunately for broncos country uh we're getting close to the end of this year uh but uh it's good to be here and uh good to see you scott how are you doing uh how did how did yesterday go for you we're I mean, doing a a Bears segment uh for the Falcons. I did. Bears I got League.
2: invited to do uh to do some Bears and was speaking with them. It was kind of fun cuz it was two kind of self-deprecating teams right now. Mm-hmm. Um you know, then they're they're coming down here and the the Bears are the Bears are in a good place for rebuilding, but they're kind of in a hard way for trying to win football games right now. Their the middle yeah. of their defense is really really bad and it's hard to win games when your front seven are getting gashed. Yeah, Broncos
1: only, says Ernie Mays. Well, uh, the Broncos almost had, a, almost took Justin Fields, but they didn't, so uh, now I probably ticked off half the listeners in here. But uh, Patrick Sertan's playing mm-hmm. ungodly level football, so... Got to get that quarterback right. Doesn't seem like Russell Wilson's the guy, which is crazy. We got another year to figure that out. But uh, let's say hello to some guys in here coming in. Kevin Gray coming in. Good morning, Broncos family, Nick and Scott. Chili here in Utah. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm bundled up. I got a little blanket on. Scott told me that I have to turn off my heat when I'm doing the show because the heater is <laughs> right behind me or the big, huge, like, unit for it. And it sounds like I'm in an industrial, like, dishwasher or something. So I'm sitting down Whoa. here. Like, <laughs>
2: yeah, somebody does for a,
1: good audio in the background. Somebody send me a Bronco snuggie. I think that's what I need to do out here. But uh, so I'm, I'm bundled up. So it is chilly, but uh, good to be good to see you in here, Kevin. Hope you're staying warm out there in Utah. Uh, our achy dragon coming in here saying every morning I wake up and I still see Hackett's the head coach is one less weekend I need to spend watching the Broncos. There's still reason to watch. I mean, <laughs> it's definitely rough right now, no doubt. But uh, unfortunately, this season's kind of gone off the rails. But we have some positive things to talk about,
2: no doubt. I feel like we've made it this far. He's going to survive the year. You know, you're you're three and six, week yes. 11. I mean, we're almost
1: there now, Nick. The only question is, is if you have any questions about uh, – how many times can I work? Question into sentence. If you have any thoughts or just pondering, uh, Giro Evero is the head coach. Right. If you want to see what that looks like uh, because you want to get an evaluation on how he handles those type of responsibilities, mm-hmm. that that's fine. And, and people are like, oh, no, but what about the defense? At this point, who? I mean, the defense takes a step back, and we're still losing football games. Right? What are we going for? We're going for the best defense to never make the playoffs or something. I mean, <laughs> th- who's going to remember that? Who cares? Uh, the big, th-
2: the big I, thing and is long term. Still, he could still run the defense. You know, I yeah. mean, he, he he could still be you know heavily involved with the defense. And would you rather have a really good head coach or a really good defensive coordinator? I got news for you: you're yeah. only going to keep on to a really good coordinator two years at best at best for two years, and they're going to yeah. start getting head coaching jobs. Uh, maybe you'll when get this young when they're, when they're this young now yeah. guys that are lifers that have already done that and failed and come back. So let me, let me qualify that statement when they're this young, mm-hmm. he's 41, which is still young ish. Uh, you know, even though they're hiring guys in their thirties, 30s, low thirties, 30s, um, he he'll be on the short list of a lot of teams for head coaching jobs this year. Yeah. He should get a look. I think that
1: luckily for the Broncos, maybe um, because he is a defensive coordinator, he's going to be a little less uh, desirable because teams want to pair the young, brilliant, offensive minded head coach with the young quarterback. So that way you have the stability there rather than when you have the defensive minded head coach and you have a good offensive coordinator. Those guys get picked quickly. Like If he was a young offensive coordinator this good, he'd be gone. Uh, There had zero questions about that. And we'd be saying fire him because we got to figure out what's going on. Uh, Fire Hackett because we got to keep this guy. But uh, granted, the offense would be better then. I digress, though. Uh, Plenty of reasons to watch this game. And this might be the best, most entertaining game you have to watch the Broncos the rest of the season. Raiders have a very bad defense. The Broncos are home. The Raiders-Broncos games are typically uh, quite exciting, throw the records out kind of thing. And uh, the Raiders are without a lot of uh, weapons as well. And potentially, Devontae Adams with an uh, abdominal injury might be limited in this game. He's limited in practice, not going to be 100%. Now they don't have Waller or Renfro. If you stop Jacobs, you got a chance. I mean, that's, the heck, the Broncos might even score 20 points in this one. Who knows? Uh, but Aikie, we appreciate still you. Still my heart. Of, I know. I mean, it's possible, uh, especially if they get the offensive line reinforcements. But first, Jeremy Sean saying, Morning, fellows. Hope everyone is doing better than the Broncos injury report. We had some positive positive fronts on that but yeah we got Richard coming in saying hey Nick and Scott how about some positivity today positivity the Broncos have some really fun young cost-controlled players on the defensive side of the ball and with those guys you have a very solid floor uh, with the defense going forward that you can build around and should make it no matter what happens with the defense uh, make it easier for the uh, the defense to keep this level of play Next season, Patrick Sertan's still here. Caden St- Caden's
2: he's not going to get traded. You're no, saying he's going to get. What traded? I'm thinking of though, I, I immediately no. started thinking of the top players on the defense, and I'm like, okay, Sertan, Draymond Jones, they're going to pay, they're going to tag him, or yeah. I I, mean, I have an on You're not cost controlled anymore for one thing. Well- he
1: wasn't who I was going to say. I was going to say uh, just how many young guys in the defense are stepping up that you okay. should
2: be excited about. Um, no. uh, are Brown, Randy Gregory? Those guys, but you know, health concerns again. A lot of the questions, and it, 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 going back to Ebero, it speaks well to how well this defense is playing despite all the moving parts. Yeah, you know, there's been one of the consistent players there has been uh, have been both Jones. You know, DJ mm-hmm. Jones, he ain't going anywhere um K1, did K1 sign a one-year deal i know he got a decent money he probably yeah i was like i figured he got more than one he got a two-year deal yeah um so but he's i'm talking the guys who uh
1: peyton draft picks on the defensive side of the ball so far uh most of those guys have been pretty solid hits now he's we haven't heard seen about DeLair and turner yell yet we're still waiting on uh oh gosh he's on the injury report today um uh, Ioma Uzzurike, uh, but, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, Hennessy is a rotational guy getting in there a little bit. I mean, that's fine. But then how much have we heard from Damari Mathis since that Chargers game? He's out there starting opposite Sertan. For a fourth-round cornerback, he's doing awesome Uh, mm-hmm. actually right now. uh, he, So he deserves a shout-out. Caden Stearns is dealing with the hip injury, but he was looking great before the injury. Baron Browning looks like, one, like a first-round caliber edge rusher out there. As and then you got Patrick Sertan as well, so a lot of fun building blocks on the defensive side of the ball that you have and a first round pick this season. But I think that's got to go on the offensive side of the ball. But yeah. I digress, um, yeah, a lot of uh, fun, young, cost controlled rookie contract guys on the defensive side of the ball at Key Spot. Oh, and also, god, I didn't even say I was meant to go through the list. I'm like, da, da, da. Nick Benito is playing better and better. I don't mm-hmm. think he's ever going to be a quality starter, in my opinion. But if he can be a super sub edge rusher coming in in obvious past situations and be a dominant speed rusher. There's a lot of value for that as a, uh, the 64th overall pick. I was, I was too focused on what he wasn't versus what he was in the draft process. And he, he got to improve a little bit in the run game. He'll be the first to tell you that, but man, he
2: can get after the quarterback in those I situations. Cooper looked good last week and his first opportunity yep. really to come back, had some, had some good twitch yep. to him, some nice burst off the edge. So yeah, I mean, there's a reason why this, it is really a next man up mentality on the defensive side mm-hmm. of the ball. Um, on offense, it's really does anybody want to play? Yep. You know, and, it's, it's been tough.
1: Yep, it is tough. I think the and one positive we have here, obviously, you are married to the quarterback position. I don't know if you saw this report um, from Tyler Columbus the other day. He was doing a um, a show where he said that a lot of people are super confused on the Broncos because Russell Wilson has been calling out audibles and hot reads from his time with the Seahawks. That has been confusing the Broncos' offensive players on the field. That, like, what's going on? But, um, and then it's been confirmed by uh, Seattle reporter Greg Ball and also Benjamin Albright said that's it's happening to an extent.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
2: Naj so, uh, is coming in and he's asking us this question oh. coming in orange. He says, on the Columbus pod, he said, Russ is battling hacking on play calls and calling Audible's most plays. He also said, Russ doesn't know the plays leading to issues, hence the wristband. How does the team overcome this dysfunction? How have we gone a complete 180 on this where they're all together on their own camp together uh, you know down at Russell's house everybody's working and studying to nobody knows anything that seems far-fetched to me it seems somebody's not telling the truth about the beginning or the end so do we have agendas y'all have heard me say before when you heard when you start hearing local beat writers and stuff start to turn a little bit you know something's up um, you, you know something's up, and that might be the first groundwork being laid that 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 hack out. You know that that the the first coming from a state media type, as far as being confirmed. I mean, you you think Russell Wilson has a type of CTE where he's getting out there and calling you, Omaha, Omaha? You know, I'm Peyton Manning now. I mean, this sounds a little far fetched, Nick. It does.
1: Yeah, I do think that there might be some like audibles that he has ingrained in him that he's calling that are not like the actual
2: hot read calls or line calls that uh, are well, not carried over couple games. He couldn't even get up to the line of scrimmage in time to call an audible. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. they're not breaking the huddle until there's six seconds left on the clock. There's so much bad going on. That this sounds far fetched. It does. And I think this is, I think it's true to an extent
1: given how many different sources have come out and said mm-hmm. that there's something to this. Uh, and I also think your beginning part is correct. The be- oh yeah, we have a brand new offense that's never been seen before. It's a perfect combination of Hackett and Russell Wilson. Blah 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 blah. Everybody's blah. seen everything at this point, and it's lip service. I mean, there'll always be innovation on
2: the offensive side of the ball and defensive side of the ball, but to an extent, it's you're correct. To a one thousandth of a percentile, everything's been yep. run. It's like music and 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 entertainment. It's like I I think it's really amazing. Anybody that can come up with a new song, considering. Everything's been done already, you know, entertainment coming up with a new idea. Why do we keep recycling old stuff? Because everything's been done. It's, you know, there's, there's really not a lot of new. We can, all they've started doing, Nick, is just calling the positions different. That's what they call new. It's off ball. Um, It's new. we got this new position called off ball linebacker. (laughs) <laughs> you have body types changing as well, which means that mean. different I roles do. can change. Yeah,
1: we we could really get but into that. A, but
2: there's an evolution of the human being as well, where yeah. you got 300 pound guys running four sixes. Mm-hmm. You know that that changes the game for sure. Um, and the we're other thing I about to you know, leading one. issues yeah. with with Naj saying um, Russ doesn't know the plays. Okay, he, why not? He's he's reading the playbook on the way. That, you know, doing high knees. Either he's, you know, full of beans and he's telling us lies, you know, or it, again, it just it doesn't sync up with everything that we've heard to this point from these very same people. So why are you changing your story now? Why? Russ has lost the benefit of the doubt from me.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, this season. Uh seems like Pete Carroll and the Seahawks are right how much they keep throwing shots here. Oh, I studied the playbook and learned it before I was even traded here. Well, sounds like you don't have the playbook down right now. Uh so that obviously wasn't true and it, like all this stuff is persona appearance based. So I just I don't I don't trust what he's selling uh anymore. Unfortunately, probably burnt too hard on the uh the it's the hope that kills, right? Uh so the other thing here is you talk about kind of a f- different factions forming in the locker room. Sounds like there's some factions forming in the offensive coaching staff as well. Haven't verified that one. So we'll don't want to throw out any uh, specifics, but um, what happens when things, let's say you're in a class project for a whole season or a whole year, and you have to give multiple presentations and the first ones go extremely poorly. What do you do? And you want to get a good grade? screw that. I'm going to do all the work myself. And you keep digging yourself further and further in and isolating rather than working as a cohesive group. And you said, you do this part, I'll do this part and we'll show up and, or I'm going to do it this way.
2: So that's kind of, I think where we're at right now. Where where else are we at? Hackett setting up his next job. You know, where, where are the, where are these leaks coming from? Okay. I've already said, I've said it several times. Hackett will get another job. No problem. When he comes out of here and he's going to sit in an interview and it's going to be really easy for him to say, that general manager cut my legs out he gave the quarterback all the power i basically was just a mouthpiece up there looking happy and saying howdy doody on on camera um that's going to be the, the, the for i'm not saying that's what this is but the cynic in me saying why the 180 degree flip on this when everything there everybody's working so hard and everybody's working together and we're doing this stuff all on our own and kumbaya to he doesn't know what he's doing. Where's where that coming from, and who has what to gain? Because who's on their way out? It's a lot easier to get rid of your head coach than it is your, you know, hundred million dollar dead cap quarterback right now. And your head coach is the one that's going to be needing a job.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So just, you know, look at it all the ways. How do you? How do you? How does a team overcome this dysfunction? It's going to take Naj to answer the question. Russell Wilson's not going anywhere for three years. Yeah. It's, going to be, it's going to be a new head coach It's going to come in and say, this is how it's going to be done, or you're going to sit and watch.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, Naj, thank you so much for the $20. Uh, we appreciate you coming in and supporting our show and all the Mile High Huddle podcast. You're a real one, buddy. And I know the season's been tough, but you keep uh, supporting us, so that makes it a lot easier for especially us. Uh, Ethan coming in. Good afternoon, Jensen, Broncos country. Good to see you. We got Blave Bliss coming in saying morning, Scott, Nick and Broncos country. Bam X is in here. Good morning, Broncos country. Dom dropping in the like you guys be like Dom. If you're on Facebook or YouTube, make sure you click the thumbs up, like the show, drop the uh, reaction. Dom says good morning, Nick ready for the FBS playoffs. UGA all the way. Go dogs. Have a great day, my boys. And 24 degrees in Albuquerque. Yeah, I'm ready for the college football playoffs. I'm really hoping that Three SEC teams don't make it because I, we don't need just an SEC regional invitational tournament. But uh, if they're the best teams, then I guess. But I don't know, right? I, I, I'm probably going to vouch for a one loss Ohio State or Michigan, depending on how that game plays out. Because all these SEC SEC teams have already played each other too. So the argument, like, well, they played each other, and the the winner gets to go, and the loser shouldn't. Same with the top SEC teams. Um, so maybe maybe your argument then is for TCU if they went out. Okay, if TCU goes undefeated for sure. Put them in. They'll get killed, but put them in. Or I'm very intrigued by a um, one loss USC team. I know the Pac-12 isn't great, but I think it'd be... USC hasn't made the playoffs yet. Caleb Williams is a freaking superstar uh, caliber prospect. And uh, I'd be more interested in that than seeing LSU versus Tennessee again. Uh, Richard coming I don't
2: like in. rematches. I don't, I don't want rematches. It ruins a regular season for me. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> we're gonna get them with the expanded playoffs regardless.
1: Um, Which but is why uh, you don't need to watch the regular season. Oh, I'm still tuning in, baby. Prospects, Scott, we're in draft mode now. Uh Richard coming in saying, uh, so we need defensive scores to win. Unfortunately, that's like <laughs> I'm in I'm in this level of hell right now, and everybody, oh, poor Nick. But and the Iowa Hawkeyes are winning. But like the Iowa Hawkeyes are like a hyper version of the Denver Broncos, where guys, believe it or not, the Iowa offense is more anemic. Uh, then the Broncos offense now maybe that's not true because they beat up on Purdue and uh, Northwestern a little bit but they're horrible the Iowa offense is horrible at least with the Denver Broncos offense you have explosive touchdown passes you're not getting that from Iowa um you're just hoping that it's not a tackle behind the line of scrimmage every play but on the other end of the spectrum while this Broncos defense is great they're not creating turnovers and they have zero defensive touchdowns on the year I think the Iowa defense has like four or five defensive touchdowns on the season and turns the ball over like two times a game something insane like they're just playing at a different level so um yes the broncos need to have some defensive scores to win the other big difference between iowa and denver that denver is not winning in the margins is that the special teams is night and day iowa might have the best special teams in college football Uh, that's how they win all these games despite always having terrible like all the analytics and whatnot say there's no way iowa should win it's too much college football brother all right you're right you're right. Uh, but uh no, we gotta go down to draft mode here pretty soon. But um unfortunately <laughs> we're not talking draft. We're not talking prospects, yeah. we're talking right. college football philosophy. Yeah, but but special teams in general. Uh Denver has been horrible on special teams, and I think there is a pathway to win football games in the NFL if your defense if your offense is poor, not as poor as the Broncos, but poor. But you have to be good on special teams too.
2: We've seen it go the both directions, okay? Yeah. The, the, the last game against the Titans and the win against the 49ers were two very similar games. Field position won each of them. Mm-hmm. Field position yours. won both of those games. Field position was dictated by special yeah. teams. Now, if you were a better team, better on offense, it wouldn't have come down to that. So mm-hmm. I don't yeah. want to have to count on my special teams. You know, They are the third phase, obviously. But what Jesse says coming in would be, would be really interesting – uh, on a video game. Uh, what would you think about dumping Russ now? Eat his 109 million next year, knowing we'll not be good in 23 and start a clean rebuild in 24 versus dragging this out. You could, um, you'd end up with about $70 million in payroll after injuries and other dead cap and stuff. Um, anybody that you might think about wanting would be gone. Forget about resigning mm-hmm. Draymond Jones. You'd have to move Justin Simmons. It would be a slash and burn type of thing. Would you really want to try and do um, 55 across two years? You know, uh, do it after June 1st, Jesse, and you can spread that dead cap across two years. If the, you know, we talk about the the salary cap expanding. Okay, the salary cap could go from 200 to 250. That'd be a 25% increase. That'd be big. That just means players are going get, to be getting more money. You know, that mm-hmm. just means the seven, guy, the, the $7 million guy just became worth ten. Etc. Etc. So it doesn't necessarily make it every any easier because you're still competing for the same players with all the other teams whose salary cap also just went up. It helps with current contracts like this one,
1: like this one. But
2: yeah. I think Jesse, and again, why I said why I was a little snarky, and, it, and this wasn't it you. Why this makes sense in a uh, in a, a video game is because it's just it's not anybody's real money. Um he got a $50 million signing bonus from somebody. Now I know billions are billions, but people don't like, they don't become billionaires by writing flush and $50 million checks down the drain. So, yeah. you know, I don't think they'd be willing to give up on Russell Wilson this quickly. Um, but we'll, we'll see. I would be shocked
1: <laughs> beyond belief if Russell Wilson is gone after this season. Uh, but if he plays this poorly and the offense is this dysfunctional and you know, there's so many reasons to blame him, but if it's an, let's say that you have better injury luck next year, you switch the variables of the offensive scheme and coaching staff. And it's still, let's say it goes from the worst in the league to bottom five or bottom 10. Then you have to have a conversation, I think, and uh talk about the cap hit becomes much more palatable with a post June 1st uh cut. Uh, in, I think it, uh, makes, it makes more
2: sense just to, just to stash him on the practice squad for the, I, uh, for next year. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause in, in, well, in the next two years, his cap hit next year is only 22 million. Why would I eat a hundred million dollar cap hit or even 55 across two when I could just ha- eat a 22 million dollar cap hit and have him still on the roster? So the next year's cap hit in 2024 is only 35 million dollars. His dead cap hit, even spread across two seasons, is more than that. So again, 2025 is his cap hit goes from 35 to 55 and his dead cap drops to 49. Mm-hmm. So you you're not going to you're not getting rid of him you might just mothball him um which is a possibility i i mean do you see any other way around it you're playing with a 52 or you just got the most expensive practice squad guy in the nfl
1: i mean you also have to account for Russell Wilson and his camp. I'm curious if they would do something contractually to, to
2: I would to not injury easier. list him or something, you know, yeah. you know, you can, you can keep him away from the facility while still paying him. They, <laughs> this is crazy. <creepy>. This <laughs> pedophile teachers in California <laughs> all the time, but that's a different story.
1: <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Russell Wilson's going to get next year. And uh, if he plays poorly next year, I think there's a very strong possibility that uh, we're in the quarterback conversation and then you probably keep him and a rookie quarterback uh, and then go from there. But uh, it's crazy. It's absolutely nobody who saw this coming. It's how did we get here? Uh, Naj comments. Thanks brothers. Year after year. It's so rough. So having uh, brothers just to listen to really helps. Well, thank you so much, Naj. We appreciate you. Let's say hello to some more folks in here. Dr. Van Nostrand coming in who in their right mind
2: would take Russ's contract. He isn't going anywhere. It might be something. It's weird. not about trying to trade his contract. No. Um, and, and frankly, the even if it was, I mean, who who would take Russell Wilson right now? It has nothing to do with the con with the contract. It has to do with what it costs you because what you're paying in guaranteed money. Mm-hmm. So what's the cost of losing him? Not can I get someone else to take him? Getting someone else to take him, they usually just pick up the base salary. The base salary for 2023 is eight million dollars. That's all they're picking up. Yeah. You're stuck with those guarantees, fellas. That's yeah. the dead money that we are always talking about. The guaranteed money is what you are stuck with, not that team that would take on, you trade Russell Wilson, the other team gets $8 million. That's That's what they're liable for. You are still liable for all those guarantees, including the signing bonus you gave him, which counts against your de- dead cap. That's yeah. the problem. We talk about the salary cap's a myth. It's a myth while you're playing well. If you're not playing well, it becomes a, a, an anchor that's dragging you to the bottom of the freaking sea.
1: Yeah. <sighs> okay toy want to say hello good morning afternoon broncos country good to see you dave glassman good to see you dave we got zay coming in saying can we all just admit that loving this team this year we are all pain freaks yeah masochist i think is what you're looking for there uh greg smith coming in top of the morning good to see uh benjamin the more flores, you
2: suffer the more it shows you really care yeah shout God. out to the offspring
1: <laughs> benjamin flores what's up man good morning to you good to see you Uh, We got Chris Jenkins saying maybe if we put Vance Vic and Hackett on the same coaching staff, we can bind their powers for a few more wins. (laughs) Yeah, that's uh, maybe Um, Ernie Mays saying this Bronco game, they're going to get 21 points in field goals. That means they're moving the ball uh, to get into field goal range constantly. So that'd be great. Andrew Lampy coming in with support on Facebook saying uh, morning,
2: fellas. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday to you. Uh, and Andrew, appreciate you. you coming in late last night. Right as we were signing off, you came in with some stars. So, shout out. Want to say thank you. You might have gotten the Twitter shout out. I'm not sure, but this is a thank you from us today for today, for yesterday, for what's coming and what has passed. Thank you very much, Andrew. You're a big part of the show.
1: Thank you so much. Uh, Michael Ronquios, and good morning, Nick and Scott and Broncos for breakfast. Also, we got Rob. Good morning, Nick and Scott. Given our standings, are any of the BFB shows going to be more draft oriented in the near future? Probably not. I mean, we're gonna start talking draft segments, no January. doubt. And if you guys put in super chats about draft questions, then guess what? We're gonna talk about the bleeping draft. Um, I'm <laughs> I'm starting to get excited for that. But uh, yeah, um, well, there'll be more draft content coming up, and for sure, uh, come January. Um, Michael, good morning. I think we already said hello. hello to Michael, but we'll say hello again. Colton, so happy I got to catch you live. Well, we're happy you got to join us live, Colton. Good to see you. Glenn Herr, morning, fellas. Any words on Browning and Gregory? Can't wait to see Browning as our starting edge. Uh, Browning, Browning, Browning. It sounds like he is day to day. There's a chance he will play. Gregory, they are going to take it easy with him. Uh, they're going to put Gregory in when he feels when they feel ready for him. There's no reason to rush him. The win loss at this point record is whatever. It's more important to get him healthy and uh, back out there. So I think they're not going to rush uh, Gregory at all. They are going to slow roll it with him.
2: This no this is almost word for word what they said about Billy Turner and Tom Compton in August. Yeah. On if uh, if Randy Gregory has a chance to be activated from injured reserve this week, Nathaniel Hackett says we're just playing that week to week. We want to do the right thing for him. If we've learned from the past, again we said that in the summertime we don't know what his coach speak actually. We don't have the translator in yet. Mm-hmm. No, he ain't playing, and it's going to be a few weeks. That's what we just heard. Yeah. Yep, slow rolling. I mean, Jacob Martin looked fine last week. You want to see what you have
1: more with Nick Benito. You have a cost control of Jacob Martin next year as well. You have two more years of cost control to Jonathan Cooper and uh, Baron Browning come back. It's going to be the young guns. Uh, Brandy Gregory is more about twenty twenty three season at this point, which is unfortunate. But again, we're on the we need to evaluate the middle and bottom end of this roster. To, uh, and get some reps for these guys in development it's a developmental season from here on out and a get Russ right season if we can Gerald Hendy coming in I recognize you Gerald on uh, some of the MHH groups saying oh wow first time a live show showed up on my feed good morning good morning to you Gerald we appreciate you and uh, we got Ethan flashing orange on us uh good to see you Ethan uh, says here's a thought on how to beat the Raiders know where Josh Jacobs is at all times when he's in the game Josh Jacobs has been killing Denver as of late yes uh, he has And this is a great transition. I want to say hello to some more people in here, but let's start getting into this Raiders game a little bit. Um, Darren Waller, Raiders tight end, is out. Uh, Hunter Renfro, Raiders slot receiver, is out. And Devontae Adams showed up on the injury report yesterday, limited, with a abdominal injury. So what does that mean? This Raiders offensive line is terrible. Their defense is even worse. So now you have Derek Carr and Josh Jacobs. I don't think the Broncos need to use the exact game plan that we saw last week. Uh, versus the Tennessee Titans, where they ran a five-three front, which is wild in the year 2022 of uh, NFL football. But I'm expecting to see the Broncos be much more aggressive up front uh, with their defensive looks in stopping the run.
2: Assuming that you can put uh, Adams on Sertan Island. All right, you want to go back to to Josh Jacobs real quick. You want to hear yeah. pain? Sorry, yeah. I I know Richard said he wanted positivity, but I wanted to see you know. I looked up Derek Carr's splits and how he does against the Broncos, and when, when Ethan said that, I, I wanted to see Josh Jacobs. So, obviously, he has, um, you know, playing against the West, he's got more more rushes and more games, more attempts against AFC West opponents, but he's gotten more yards against the Denver Broncos than the Chargers and the Chiefs, despite the fact that he's played the Chiefs one more time. The Raiders are 1-6 against the Chiefs in games he plays. They are 6-0. and oh. Against the Denver Broncos in games that John that Josh Jacobs has played. Six and oh. Oh my. And Ethan he right Follow that dude. Because because yeah. the numbers from from Derek Carr against the Broncos have been pedestrian. You know, watching mm-hmm. him against the Colts, I'm like, this guy's not playing very well. How does he do against the the Broncos historically? Meh. He's been okay. Josh Jacobs has been a freaking beast he scored twice as many touchdowns against the Broncos as any other AFC West opponent he's been he's been tough yeah this is one of those games
1: for me where obviously you trust Sertan to wipe out uh, Devontae Adams Devontae Adams still going to get some of his no doubt but the way Sertan is playing right now he's a cheat code I know we're giving a lot of credit to uh is and and rightfully so but like nobody's playing as good at the cornerback position as Sertan is right now I thought he's given up like two yards in the last four weeks or something insane Um, until he's not making the turnovers. That's kind of true, but the Broncos aren't playing with a lead where the other team has to play more aggressive and take those chances and they're not throwing at him. (laughs) They're not throwing at him. Um, So this is a game where I think you say Sertan, at least in the first half, you might have to adjust depending on what it looks like. But in the first half, it's like, okay, Sertan Island, Uh, we're going to really put that to test your Devontae Adams. Great, but we're going to bank on him being the only dude. And with the abdominal injury, Mm-hmm. We trust you, Sir Tan. The rest of that is Josh Jacobs, you are going to average less than two yards a carry. That is our goal. We're going to hopefully see Mike Purcell in there. Mike Purcell popped up on the uh the limited list yesterday, which is fine for Wednesday. I think limited is more likely to play uh than that of day to day. Um, so we yeah. will uh we'll see him out there, I'm assuming. So this limited, is a DJ Jones. Standard games. for veterans yeah. on a Wednesday. Yep. yep. So I think this is very much a a base defense game. Broncos like to use a lot of penny front, but I'm guessing base defense is the game. And another key here for this game, uh, Josie Jewell had an amazing game against the 49ers and then had a bad game, not a great game against the Raiders. But the one who really struggled was Jonas Griffith uh, in that game, along with the defensive line. I'm guessing we're going to see a high dose of Alex Singleton and Josie Jewell out there where Alex is, you know, about paid what he is. He gets a lot of tackles, but he's not not nearly as good as Josie. Uh, but um, in, more in the right position uh, than Jonas Griffith, so I think you're going to be better out there. Also, hopefully, having Justin Simmons on the back end, uh, listed as a limited rather than day to day, should help this defense as well.
2: And Nick, right now, you take a lot of tackles from mm-hmm. your linebacker six yards and in. <laughs> mm-hmm. If he's if he's doing that, okay, uh, just do your job. You know, limit those 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 broken tackles that go from four to forty. You know, that's that's where you're going to get killed. So if your linebackers are doing their jobs, second and five, third and two is not necessarily going to kill you against this team. Um, Derek Carr is, you know, better than he's not bad. He's not a bad quarterback. You know, we're not talking about going against Malik Willis here, um, you know, or Zach Wilson. But I'd feel better. Making Derek Carr trying to beat you with the limited weapons on offense that they have than having you know Josh Jacobs go for a buck eighty and three touchdowns. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Philip Hagensen coming in
1: here. That looks like a uh, Danish name. If I ever saw one, maybe a Scandinavian. Um, but uh, good morning, guys. Good to see you, Philip. We appreciate you and Doctor Van Nordstrom coming in here or uh, Nostrand coming in here saying beef up the offensive line and get healthy for next year. Get on the same page. Maybe we have a shot. And who in the oh he. Then he's talked about, you already pulled up the who in the right mind would take Russell's contract. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I agree with you 100%. Um, there's actually some weird data with Russell Wilson that shows that the offensive line is not as bad as uh, it's played, even though a lot of these guys are getting beat. Because the I think the typical marker for offensive line pass blocking competence is three seconds. And the Broncos are doing about league average at the three-second mark. Russell Wilson likes to hold on to the ball longer than
2: most Which quarterbacks. He's extending that before he gets yes. hit. I mean, yep. I... It's not I perfect. know what I see, man. You can talk yeah. numbers, and yeah. you know these same numbers are also saying the Broncos were a top ten offensive line. I can watch it and know yeah. that your your data is skewed based on your input. Yeah, <laughs> yep. Uh, garbage in, garbage out, man. And uh, this offensive line is bad. I don't need the, the 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 data to to convince me one way or the other. They are bad, but would you agree that Russell Wilson is making them look worse than they are? to an extent is it the chicken of the egg on this though like we said the other day mm. when you know when I'm dropping back to pass and I'm afraid of getting hit he's all of a sudden got happy feet back there he's getting jumpy mm. doesn't trust his receivers coming in and out of the break now is that all in Russell Wilson or is that a combination of all of it until mm. I've got a competent offensive line I don't know and that's the mm. problem for me is mm. you know until my quarterback feels comfortable in the pocket I don't I don't know what I've got out of him and then then you get guys that'll stand in there and see the rush coming, you know what to expect when you can't anticipate. We talk about it on defense all the time about, you know, linebackers, anticipation's worth two tenths of a second on the 40. It's, it's even more important when you're talking about three seconds versus 3.2 versus 3.3 time to pass. And you're getting the ball out in a hurry to, to your wide receivers. It's even more important anticipation and the throws, Anticipatory throws, throwing before the guy even comes out of his breaks, even more important for your quarterback. Yeah. And there is no trust from the receivers to the quarterback, quarterback to the receivers, quarterback to the offensive line, offensive line to the quarterback, coach to the quarterback, any of it. It's a mess. Mm-hmm. And right now, the first thing I have to do is get that offensive line better. Yep. I agree with you 100%. I do think that Russ is making them look
1: worse than they are in the past rush. Yeah. I just don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, so I think Russ is probably as dependent on competency at the offensive line as any quarterback given his style of play and his lack of this is part of the style of play, but how long he likes to hold on the football and how poor he is in the quick game. What does that mean? You have to be top 10 probably in the run game to overcome the struggles in the quick game. Broncos aren't there personnel wise. It's one of the reasons that I'm, everybody drink, Broncos need to go really hard at run personnel on the offensive side of the ball this season, because they need to force teams out of two high safety shells, which the Broncos I think are seeing that more than any team in football so far this season. And Russ is doing terrible against two high safety shells. Caveat that cover six is he's doing a little better against cover six than cover four or cover two. But uh, how do you get teams out of those light boxes two high safety shells? You punish them with the run game and the Broncos offensive line isn't doing that. The Broncos running backs aren't doing that. Uh, so I think that's the offseason you have to go really hard uh on the offensive line and the running game in general. I'm everybody's gonna be against me on this one, but I think there's been a philosophical change in football with the Vic High Fangio defense, especially with Russell Wilson, where the running back value is actually ticked up a tad. And if you can get it's a cyclical. dominant it's we, cyclical. we've talked about this a zillion yeah.
2: times. It's cyclical. You get light, I'm gonna get heavy. Yep. You know, you you go out there if your if your base defense is gonna be the penny front, I'm gonna run it down your damn throat. Yes hundred percent. And also because of the, the way the contracts are set up, I'd never take
1: a running back top 10. Um, but in the back end of the first round, if you can get that slotted fifth year contract for cheap and the franchise tag when teams aren't paying running backs, So that running back franchise tag is cheap. You get that running back for six years of control, which is fine. Um, I'm not against it in the very end of the first round. Uh, if you have a special ha- ha- the caveat that it's a special talent, why is that more important for Russell Wilson than anybody else? Well, first I think the Broncos are, bottom five in the NFL and EPA per target for running backs in the pass game. They're doing bleep with the ball in their hands in the pass game. And they're targeting the running back a lot in those dump offs. And the Broncos are doing nothing. Okay. Get an explosive guy in the pass game. Uh, number two, again, Broncos are seeing more 2 high safety shells than nearly any team in football. How do we get out of that? You punish them with the run game. And, um, uh, I think those are the, those are the main ones. I mean, it's there's and the contract stuff as well, but something to consider here. Um, Jeremy saying, "How guy, how can you prove the offensive line at this point?" Though, I really think that adding um, and a lot of Broncos country is going to disagree with me on this, but I watch the offensive line a lot. Uh, my eyes are being gouged out this season, given how both my teams are on the offensive line. But I really think that Cam Fleming might have been your best offensive lineman so far this season. Quinn Miners has been good. Cam Fleming was right there with him at right tackle and left tackle. He was playing great. I think PFF. You know, say what you will, um, but their overall grade this season had him as the like 21st graded offensive tackle in general. And some of those offensive tackles graded only have like 15 snaps. So mm-hmm. he's actually been close to league average at offensive tackle. Getting him back, I think, will be a big bonus. Uh, Tom Compton last season was a dominant uh, run blocker. So getting him back should improve the, mm-hmm. the run game there. And then Graham Glasgow, if he's healthy, is was better than Lloyd Cushenberry at the center position. So how can the offensive line improve? Three reinforcements right there might help a heck of a lot. Uh, if you can get those guys healthy and playing.
2: And I didn't mind Wattenberg at guard, you know, get no. the, get him out of his head. You know, again, just having some competition there, get him out of his head. Cause center mm-hmm. is a very cerebral position mm-hmm. for a rookie coming in. I don't want you thinking, you know, yeah. I want, I want you doing a job. This is your assignment. Don't worry about everybody else's assignment. Don't worry about what that backer is doing or this guy coming on a stunt. Don't worry about it. This is your assignment. And if they do this, this is your assignment. You got two reads, like a quarterback with two reads. I got two reads. So Wattenberg at guard. Um, I'm not I'm not advocating from a start by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. Um, but Compton coming in, I'd like somebody to push Reisner. I really would. Um Fleming getting healthy, but again, how can you improve the line at this point? And honestly, Jeremy, I'm I'm looking to next year. You're you've got your quarterback. We've already discussed ad nauseum why Russell Wilson is going to be a Denver Bronco for the next couple of years. Um, so I'm, I'm looking at team building. I'm, I'm thinking of next year as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Got to build that offensive line and uh, got to build a really good run game personnel. I would even give up a little bit on the pass blocking side of things if it meant that the they were that much better in the run game. Because oh, and, I think- and you
2: know the the offensive weapon who was a free agent that we talked a little bit about that would have been very good in the passing game out of the backfield, Cordell Patterson. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, now he's he said he he came up with a tweet. He said, "F the money. This is where I wanted to be." So he may have gotten an offer. I don't I don't know. Yeah. But you want to talk about loosening up a little bit because not only he's not just a, a Dave, Dave Meggett type scat back third down back who you can dump it off to. It, he he will catch it and punish people. So, you know, he, he would have been, he could have been really, really well used. Not that he couldn't be used in any offense. He's a good player, but what you're describing, targeting the running backs, Corey Old Patterson would have been a really nice fit for this team. And I see some people in here. I saw some comments about uh, Tim Patrick
1: killed this team when he went down. I think the biggest kill for this team was losing Javante Williams. Because again, we keep coming back to the value of forcing teams into single high safety shells. And right now, are you getting, are you emptying, are you uh, loading the box to stop Melvin Gordon? No. Latavius Murray? No. Chase Edmonds? No. Johnson Williams made you think once or twice about uh, playing a little lighter with two two safeties just sprinting back on every play. So I think that was the one that really uh, broke this team, unfortunately. Eddie Vasquez coming in here saying, love you guys. Started working early shifts and you guys rock. You rock, Eddie. Thank you so much. Hope the uh, early shifts are going well. Uh, Flying to the game from Austin this Sunday for my birthday. Heck yeah. First time in 17 years. They play on my birthday wearing my uh, D-Will jersey. Uh, RIP Raiders, uh, Darren Williams. Man, that's a throwback jersey there. Rest in peace, Darren. What a heck of a cornerback. Uh, What a tragedy uh, with him. And uh, hopefully, I mean, God, if I could pick one game to watch the rest of the season, it's this Raiders game. And why is that? The Raiders defense is horrible, guys. The Raiders defense is poor. Uh, I have it. Um, Right up, pull up right here. Uh, So EPA uh, expected points added is a pretty good advanced stat metric for the overall systems. It's not the best for the individual player, but overall systems, it's pretty good. The Raiders are 29th in the NFL this year in EPA defense. Um, The only teams that have worse defenses right now are the Bears, uh, the Browns, and of course the Lions. Now the, actually kind of a little bit surprisingly, the Raiders run game, run defense is middle of the pack, but they have the worst passing defense in terms of EPA in the entire NFL. Mm-hmm. So Broncos should have a chance to move the football in this one. They should be able to score some points and uh, hopefully score in the 20s uh, in this game. I think the Broncos, their last three games at Denver have averaged about, I think, nine and a half points per game, which is <laughs> maddening, uh, unbelievable. Uh, but this is a game I think the Broncos should at least be put. They should put up 20 points, even with the injuries assuming that you have some reinforcements
2: coming on the offensive line. Aiky dragon comes in. He says, wasn't Peyton on the Vikings when they had Patterson and thought he was a bust. I don't How long was Peyton with the Vikings? For a long while. time, wasn't he? A while. Yeah, so, yeah. So probably, um, he was first team all pro as a kick returner. He was never really a pure wide receiver. You know, yeah. that's the difference right now. When, when people want to talk about Debo, Samuel, um, Debo could make, money in this league as just playing wide receiver Correll Patterson. It was interesting when he was at Hutchinson, uh, junior college, he was so much physically better than everybody else that he was obviously a standout, but he always lined up on the coaching staff side of the ball at wide receiver. So, you know, if, if, if they're going left to right, he's on the near side when they switch and go the other direction, he's still on the near side. So he was always on the coach's side of the ball. So, There may have been something about his understanding of the game or whatnot, the nuances that that just took a little bit longer for him. But Arthur Smith found a way to use him effectively. And he's had in his years 30, he's become a a pretty dangerous weapon besides just kick returns. Yep. But he's been on five teams. So you know, it's not like he was he was a special teams guy, you know, that that who had made a nice living. Like, okay, well, let's hand him the ball in the run. You know, again, running back's not the most cerebral position in the world. I'm going to hand you the ball. We talk about contributing early. A route tree for Greg Dulcich isn't that hard. I don't need to worry about blitz pickups and all this stuff. He can come in and contribute as a receiver, a running back. You know, how hard is the playbook? Give me the ball. Do I run, run left or right? You know, that ain't, that ain't that hard. Give me the snap count and hand me the ball. Blitz pickups and all that type of stuff gets a little bit tougher. Um, but, you know, using an athlete like Cordell Patterson, Arthur Smith has, has done it very well with the Falcons. Yeah. hundred percent. Gary Hoover saying, good morning guys. I keep
1: hearing Hackett say the games are one score games, but normally you only say that when you have competitive games, we aren't competitive with a poor play calling. They're one score games because the defense is Scott. Did you ever watch game of Thrones? Oh yeah. That... yeah. i read all the books too.
2: So okay. it's just two different stories. So yes,
0: <laughs> the the
1: scene, not, I guess we can do spoilers, but the, uh, the hold the door scene. That's the Broncos defense at this point. You know, other teams are scraping at them and, you know, slowly decaying that unit, but the defense is holding them back for the offense to at least have a chance. Uh, In the end, the bad guys seem to keep winning this one, but that's the defense. It's almost an insurmountable task holding the door against those uh,
2: opposing offenses to the extent you're going to be in every game when you've got a number one defense in the, in the league, as long as they're playing and still holding up like that, you're going to be in every game. So it is competitive, but you get down a score. You feel like it's over you know you go up 10 points through a busted play and a bunch of uh a a couple penalties to put you in field goal range and you're up 10-0 then you're done okay so can you hold everybody else to under 10 points a game well that's that's a tall order in the nfl um you're holding them to under 20 what is it 16 something that the points per game is really good um you know and and again the efficiency of this defense is much better than it was last year because if the other team got as many possessions this year as they – they got as many positions last year as they do this year with as many three announces as we see. The Broncos wouldn't have been top five in points per game. I promise you that. Yeah.
1: Yep. Uh, Nick Simmons coming in here saying I've been a season ticket holder for 12 years. Well, congrats to you. That's a big one. Uh, This is the first year I have no desire to go to the last games of the season. This is the worst I've seen it. You know what? Sell those tickets or donate them or something like that. Don't give up those season tickets because eventually the ball will bounce back. Maybe the Broncos will be relevant again by the time Patrick Mahomes is on his downward arch (laughs) of his career Uh, and that'll be good for Denver, but uh, things will bounce back eventually. It's definitely frustrating right now, but I've said it a hundred times on here. Bad football is better than no football. Uh, so we'll continue to watch. And there's still plenty of young players to look for that we can build on towards the uh, the future, but keep your head up, Nick. Uh, we also got Gatorade gaming coming in here saying morning, Nick and Scott and Broncos country. Good to see you, Gatorade gaming. Hope you're doing well. Uh, getting back to the Raiders. He says the Raiders defense is bad, but we are pretty bad offense ourselves. It's a battle of the, movable object versus the stoppable force. I the think really the stoppable
2: op- force means the movable object. Something's yes. got to give.
1: Something's got to give. It's uh the Raiders 32 in uh defensive DVOA this season, uh absolutely abysmal. They are uh 32nd in the pass defense and 24th in the rush defense and uh just been horrible. The Broncos I think have the uh, 32nd DVOA offense. So uh let's see. it. Oh, actually Indy. Denver's not dead last according to uh, Football Outsiders' advanced metrics. So, God bless. Uh, the Colts are actually worse, according to uh, the adjusted uh, weighted based on schedule and uh, performance. So, awesome. Uh, Broncos, not blast. last. <laughs> um, but uh, this should be a game, again, where the Broncos, I think they can do enough offensively to keep this game as intriguing and enjoyable. And also, we're not playing for draft position right now. It's not like, I think, ESPN-FBI right now is projecting the Broncos, to, the Broncos team to earn the third overall pick in the draft this season, which then would go to Seattle. Hell no, we're not, we're not playing for that. We're playing to give the Seahawks not a top 10 pick now. And uh, I think this is a game where you can start to build on that.
2: Robbie doe. If that's who you really are, Robbie says, remember the last two games of the season, Broncos and fans jumped on the blame QB bandwagon podcasters and all you deserve the next five years of crap. You know how much I love revisionist history, Nick. You know, it's just, let's just make things up as we go along. And we'll say that's fact and we'll state it as fact. Therefore, it must be fact. Robbie, you don't know what you're talking about. So have a good day. Sounds like anybody's blaming the last two games of the season. Because it was Drew Locke's fault. The last two games. Come on, man. There was plenty going around way before then. You remember a guy named Teddy Bridgewater and all the shtick he got? Vic Fangio, Pat Shermer. I remember hearing all those names, brother. It wasn't just him. So uh, try again. You can do better.
1: <sighs> Absolutely. Well, keeping it on the uh, this Raiders game here, I think it you we hit the nail on the head earlier. This is a game that you need to isolate Josh Jacobs and say this guy will not beat us. I know that Devontae Adams is a better player, but you have the anti or the opposite of uh, Devontae Adams in terms of Patrick Sertan as an equivalent level player on the other side of the field. I think you trust Patrick Sertan to go out there and be Patrick Sertan in this game and use the scheme and the extra resources that you have there to stop the run game. All these games, I don't even know what the average is. You said the Raiders are six 0 with Jacobs playing. Mm-hmm. He's got to average about 150 yards a game against them with a crazy yards per uh, touch and like touchdowns. This needs to be a Josh Jacobs will not beat us game. You just went out there and killed Derrick Henry. There's no way you shouldn't be able to do that against Josh Jacobs against a worse running back, a less athletic quarterback and a worse offensive line. There's just there's just no reason for it.
2: Yeah, I mean, if you go one on one and Devonte has his day, it is a passing league. So let's say, yeah. you know, he gets his he goes for, you know, eight, one fifty and a touchdown. So what? OK, if you if you keep Josh Jacobs under wraps and he has a Derrick Henry type day where he has 18 carries for 50 yards and shut out, you can win That You're in this game. Um, you know, if if you shut down Devonte Adams and Josh, J, you pick your poison on this. And the thing is, you might not have to. You can try. You might be able to pull off both. I know if I don't load up to stop Josh Jacobs, I'm not gonna. I'm not. What I don't know, I can load up to stop Josh Jacobs and possibly stop Devonte Adams. Give me that one. Give me option two. I'll give that a shot. Yeah,
1: hundred percent. Um, I, you gotta, you gotta load up to stop, um, Josh Jacobs and this game. Everybody's like, oh, the Broncos are rough, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, it's not rough. Mark, uh, Mark Schrader coming in. Good to see you, Mark. Hope you're doing well. I know that the, uh, the road to recovery from that heart surgery is not always easy. So, but thinking about you and I was like, I haven't seen Mark that much, uh, lately, but good to see you in here, uh, saying hello. But yeah, this is a game, the battle of Devontae Adams and Patrick Sertan itself will be worth the price of admission. In my opinion, it's two bad teams, but if you're looking for an elite matchup, it's right there. Uh, that's going to be an absolutely fun matchup to see. Uh, and I think also we talked about nobody's targeting Patrick Sutan this season. Patrick Sertan if, against Devontae Adams when Devontae Adams is like probably the only legitimate weapon out there uh, for the, the Raiders is one you got to watch. Now I will say caveat, the Broncos have given up some home run balls on the back end of the defense, especially with Kareem Jackson slowing down, Justin Simmons hurt, blah, blah, blah. Matt Collins is a great deep ball, go ball kind of guy. Like it, he's what you want for your fourth wide receiver because he's amazing in special teams, great blocker, big height, height, weight, speed, deep threat kind of guy. You don't want also to have Mac Williams catch that 170 yard touchdown that changes the game because you can't keep up with that level of uh, offensive output. But uh, I think that you do everything you can to stop Jacobs, isolate Adams, and then hopefully roll coverage over to that deep side if uh, Hollins is getting there deep with that single high safety. So we should probably talk the Broncos on offense with the Raiders defense now.
2: <laughs> yeah, and that's that's what worries me about this. Uh, Nick, if I've got my choice of having I think it's I think it's harder to play offense. So if I've got my choice against you know, if I could have the good offense and bad defense or the bad offense and good defense, I'd probably take my chances with the team that can play offense, even against the really good defense because it's just it's harder to play offense. What that means is the Denver Broncos really historically bad offense can still be held in check by a bad defense. Mm-hmm. Um That's whereas, you know, it, it won't take 30 points to, to beat this team. You know, it, it could take 20 points and a good offense getting 20 points is really holding them back. Some that's still, you re, for the most part, you're still doing your job as a defense um, but what can they do here? You know, we've just gone and talked about all the dysfunction, you know, like you said, run the ball, play action, find Dulcich, catch the ball when it hits your hands. There's been a ton of drops this year, Nick, yeah. uh, on both sides of the ball, Russ, get rid of the ball quicker. Trust your reads, trust your receivers. If a guy runs a wrong route and you throw an interception, yes, it goes on your stat. So what? Let the coaches and announcers cover for you. Um, it, just play within yourselves. You know, uh, keep it simple, stupid. Um, you know, don't try, uh, don't go swinging haymakers every single time. Let's we'll see how many cliches I can throw out there. But keep it, keep it simple. Uh, what would I say? What, what would I say on this one? You know, when we're talking about the the over-under on this. It says the 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 over-under was easy money. I said that last week. I don't say that this week. The last game these guys got together, they scored 50-something. You know, 52, what was it? 31-21, 52 points. Mm -hmm. Um, the Raiders have scored a lot on the Broncos. I think the first Raiders game I watched with this Broncos while doing this, Derek Carr averaged about 27 yards per completion. Um, the different defense now, but I wouldn't touch this one. I wouldn't touch this game either way. It could go. It's for me, it's completely unpredictable. It really is. You know, I, I, I joked about the princess bride when we were talking about it yesterday, Nick. It's like, clearly I can't choose the cup in front of you. And clearly, I can't choose the cup in front of me. Am I supposed to choose the Denver Broncos right now, the way they're playing? I can't do that. Josh McDaniels at the Las Vegas Raiders, I'm really gonna pick them to win? No way. I can't do that. Maybe, maybe Nathaniel Hackett was wrong. Someone doesn't have to win this game. It can be a tie crap fest. But I wouldn't touch this game. This game is unpredictable to me. We got to pick a winner, though, regardless. No, I we don't. <laughs> Who do I pick? I'm gonna I'd go. I would go the historical route. I would go the six and zero running back and I would go the team that has looked competent on offense. And I would go the Raiders. And I, I can't pick the Raiders because Josh McDaniels is three years proven what we all think Nathaniel Hackett is. Mm -hmm. So at least his side of the ball works. The side that he's coaching. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're injured. They're beat up, but how do you pick the Broncos right now at home? Um, I don't know. I don't like it at all. I mean, in a vacuum, I'll probably say the Raiders, but at home with a better defense, the Raiders can't beat anybody right now. I'd probably say the Broncos. I, I don't like this game at all. Nick, I would flip a coin. Honestly, it's completely unpredictable to me. Stay away from it. I'll usually give y'all a, a game a, something to bet on. And I'm probably about five and one talking about, you know, take the over, take the under, take this team. Usually it's over under on this. Don't touch this game, man. Don't touch it unless you're trying to hedge, unless you're trying to hedge on this. And how much would I pay for a win? This one's unpredictable. I think if the Broncos do get the offensive line reinforcements in if, this one, if,
1: if, 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 I know, I know. Uh, but if they get their offensive line reinforcements, I think they do win this game. I think the defense is playing at a level, and I think they're going to want the uh, defense is focused right now, I think, on obviously winning football games, but going on a run and being like, okay, we're not winning football games. Let's just be the best defense we possibly can be this season. The outcome of the game be damned. We're going to do it. Uh, and they gave up what? 32 points to the Raiders last time. This is their worst output of the season. I think they want looking to rectify that. I think they've, you know, very annoyed by getting beat by the Raiders and Josh Jacobs. The Raiders are injured pretty badly. So if, if, if the Broncos offensive line is getting Glasgow back and Fleming back and Compton back, or even just two of those three guys, I feel a lot better about this offense. Uh, so I think the Broncos are going to win this one. Um in, win this game, I'm going to have the Broncos winning 20 to 16. So that is the the under, uh, but the under, th- and it was 55. It was 32 to 23 last time. 32 to 23. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking the under on this one. Both these teams are more injured this time. Uh but and also I think the Broncos are going to lean into what we saw a little bit last week. Maybe not as much 5-3 defense, but a, definitely a lot of a uh, base uh defense out there and I think they'll be better for it. Also having Justin Simmons in this matchup when they didn't have him last time, I think will help as well. So uh, 20 to 16 is what I'm going to go. I think the Broncos win this one matchup to watch on both sides of the ball. So number one is, uh, of course, Patrick Sertan versus Devontae Adams. Typically, you don't see cornerback shadow guys these days, but with how injured the, the, uh, goodness, how injured the Raiders are in the pass catching department, I think this is a game where you consider shadowing uh, a good bit. And then the other side of the ball, it's probably got to be, Max Crosby versus whoever he goes against. Uh, Russell Wilson's got to feel him out there. You, I think you have to run a lot to protect your tackles. I know the Raiders are good, uh, average, not good, against stopping the run versus dead last in the pass. I still think that means you need to run the football and then be super explosive and effective when you pass. It doesn't have to be a high-volume passing game. It just needs to be effective and explosive when you do pass. So that's what I'm thinking. I think the Broncos, uh, 20 points. Uh, and do you think the defense is going to score 20 points? No, but I think this Raiders defense is that bad that even the Broncos are
2: going to put up uh, 20 points against them. Highest output of the season. Wasn't it with 23 points? Yep. in um, Vegas By a good margin. What was the next closest 17? No, they get 21 against the Jags. Okay. Jags. They, they yeah. didn't get 21 against the Jaguars. Um, Jaguars defense is better than this. It's just, to me, it's, it's, it's unpredictable. And, and again, I've told you before, I have trouble when you've got an emotional connection. It's, it makes it harder to be logical. And you think the the big grudge match, Seahawks, the Russell Wilson bowl, lost. Josh McDaniels coming back to to Denver as a head coach with the Raiders. Well, that you went there, lost. You know you're zero two in those big. We can't lose to that guy, hmm. games. Well, this is a third one. This is a third one coming up. So, I, I like I said for me, I, I I it's unpredictable for for my betting logic choose somewhere else, go, yeah. go look somewhere else, just because they could come together. You know, we talk about all these ifs, what if they can't lay a glove on Max Crosby and he gets forces two turnovers? What if these guys really do like Josh McDaniels and, and, and Derek Carr rallies the team and is able to pick the defense apart? What if, again, you, you talk, I'll just stick with Crosby on this. The defense is bad, but it only takes one guy. You've got a hole in your offensive line and you've got a, a one of the best edge rushers in the league. It only takes one guy to ruin an offensive play um, on the other side of things. And then, you know, you, you still go back to the Josh McDaniels factor. He's a buffoon. Um, you know, I don't believe that these guys want to play for him at all. But can we, what, what can we say about the Broncos? So uh, anyway, I, I, I don't, I'll pick the Raiders just for the sake of Broncos country because I am a jinx but uh, I don't feel good about this game one way or the other.
1: Yeah. I don't feel good about it uh, at all myself. And one last thing I wanted to get into before we get out of here, Scott, I don't know if you saw this uh, data uh, come out uh, yesterday from ESPN 538. has been working with uh,
2: ESPN. tell me, you guys, let me know if you can see that on your screen. Keep coming. Uh, You got to, you got to really better to just better to have it that, that you have to scroll one more. One more still. Yeah. Oh goodness. Okay. Okay. And just <laughs> scroll. So Read you're what at the... we're looking at, and then scroll through the through the because uh, I'm a, I'm on a like a 27 inch monitor, and that's what it takes for me to see it. Okay, Nobody so on this... their phone. If you're watching mobile, there is no chance this is going to be seen. And anybody listening, audio wise, obviously.
1: Yeah. So ESPN Analytics, next gen stats through week ten, VSF Walder. And Brian Burke at ESPN, they do a lot of the GPS data and whatnot. So this is a new uh, output from them. We've all seen this for the defensive line and the offensive line, but this is for wide receivers. And we have a catch score on the y-axis here, out of 100, and we have an open score out of the on the x-axis here. Jerry oh, that's Judy, awful. Um, two of the worst catch score players in football so far this season, but the also worst. The two worst uh, in this data set. There are a couple tight ends that are worse, but yes, uh, the two worst. And also on, but on the X-axis, they are probably in the top, Cortland Sutton's in the top quartile. Jerry Judy's in the top 33% for um, open score. So what does this mean? I actually talked with Brian Burke for a little bit about this um, Mm -hmm. yesterday. He was gracious enough to respond to some of my questions. The Broncos are Jerry Judy, especially, but also Cortland Sutton dropping the ball at a poor rate. Uh, but why are they so open? What does that mean? Despite the catch score, Russell Wilson is not throwing the ball to the open guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, these guys are getting open and Russ is not seeing them or getting it to them in time uh, or, you know, or having the time to, to throw the ball or the time to throw the ball. Yes. Yeah. Um, he is, I think 10th in the league and average time to throw. Uh, but part of that I, is his,
2: that gets so skewed. I saw that yes. with Matt Ryan last year based no. on, okay, the, When are you, are you stopping the clock when his butt hits the ground or what? An extra half second? Because Matt Ryan was in the top 10% last year for time to throw, but your eyes tell you a different story on this. There's got to be a better way to tabulate it. Mm -hmm. But uh,
1: regardless, um, what does this data mean? It means the Broncos are dropping the ball at a higher rate, um, no doubt, which hurts. And also Russell Wilson's not finding the open guy, uh, which is pretty obvious. Both of these things pretty obvious on tape. Uh, but it's just like everything on the offense right now has been a disappointment. The only thing on the offense that I can say has been outperformed expectations so far this season for me is Greg Dulcich. Every single other individual player out
2: there long enough to be ruined.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I guess, I guess Cam Fleming too, uh, cause he was signed last minute and he's like, oh my God, this is actually a competent offensive tackle out there. Not great, but competent. Um, so, uh, Compton or excuse me, um, Fleming and, uh, Dulcich are the only ones,
2: Uh but Greg, Greg Smith wants to run the oop-de-oop um, with four wide left. And then one to the right. My question with this, Greg is, do you have five receivers? You could, you could even line up out there. That's too many, isn't it? Five. No, you do. It's, it's five linemen, five receivers, and a quarterback. That's 10. Yeah. The, oop, the oop-de-oop. So, yep. uh, got to get rid of the ball quick though. Yep. That's, that's what the, that's what the oop-de-oop was all about. Yep. So, uh, pretty unfortunate. Nick not know what we're talking about cuz he doesn't watch varsity blues habitually like the rest of us. It's been a bit.
1: There's only one movie that I watch probably every single year. Actually, that's not true. There's two movies Christmas that I watch. Every... <laughs> I do watch Christmas story a lot. I don't know if I watch it every year. Uh every single Christmas Eve I watch It's a Wonderful Life. Um I've never seen the... that. Oh man, I love Jimmy Stewart. Um He's great. Uh, and also I watch uh forgetting Sarah Marshall every year. That's like one
2: of my uh, guilty pleasure movies too. I, I, I like that one. Um, yeah. I like forgetting Sarah Marshall. And I think that probably put Mila Kunis in my top five until she started hacking crap. Jim beam bourbon. Sorry, Jim beam. If you want to sponsor the show, uh, then I'm like, Jim beam is discount brand. What are you doing? I'm like, you're off. You're off the list yeah i doesn't doesn't matter to me <laughs> she's
1: a that's a great show and uh love jason siegel as well jonah hill russell brand so anyway well we got to get on out of here We're over an hour now i just wanted to i thought that data set was really interesting and
2: it kind of mm-hmm. just shows how everything they're is open, breaking but they're not catching the ball it's basically what that said is they're open as much as any receiver in the nfl and they're catching it less than anybody that's what yep. it says yep uh really unfortunate and you
1: go digging further into the advanced analytics and Russell Wilson's been the 22nd to the 38th ranked quarterback in terms of target accuracy, uh, catchable targets, et cetera, et cetera. Now some of that is exacerbated by how many gimmies he overlooks to take the deep shots. So he's t- choosing harder to complete targets, but still um, we got all offseason, I guess, to break this down further, but uh, appreciate you guys so much. Uh, Scott has the Broncos. Raiders ending in a tie, we all lose. Oh, Freaking
2: coin. <laughs> I, I, honestly, it's it's to me, it's there. There isn't. I cannot think of a reason to say this is the team that should win. I mean, I can think of one, but I can't come up with more for one than the other. I, I really can't. It's yeah. the the line has to be within two with the home field going to Denver. Um, you know, two or three with the home field, which is basically a pick'em. Mm-hmm. Um and then the over under normally i'd say the under but these boys put up 55 points last time they played so there isn't there isn't a lot i like about this game from a uh from a pick'em point of view other than stay away from it if yeah. it was me i'd hedge if it, you want to you want to buy a victory for this one and, and and get paid for your misery watching your team lose this is a good game to do it 100 well
1: i got the broncos winning uh 20 to 16 and uh Feel those good vibes rolling. Well, we appreciate you guys joining us today. Make sure you're following Scott on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I am at Nick Kendall, MHH. Also, make sure you're following us at BFB underscore pod on Twitter, as well as at Mile High Huddle. If you haven't done so yet, join our Facebook communities at Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle pod. And as the ticker says underneath, please like, subscribe, and share on Facebook, but especially on YouTube. We are always going live on YouTube. You're more likely to get a notification on there. And uh, also, I say hello to our uh, Twitch folks as well. I see Gatorade Gaming's in here with the uh, the llama picture. Maybe that's an alpaca. It looks a little furrier. Uh, but uh, appreciate you guys so much. Um, we're going to keep at it here. Obviously, the season's been rough, but I think this is going to be a fun game. This is going to be one that you're going to want to tune into because the Broncos offense is actually going up against a – Bad
2: defense. So we might the have The stakes in this game are sky high. I mean, they yeah. really are. The The loser of this game could be looking for a new coach on Monday. Uh, in Now, it, it's the very won't. possible.
1: The Raiders won't. They can't. Um, they don't have the actual finances to move Baloney. on from Josh McDaniels.
2: Baloney. The, I mean, old, see... the old vote of confidence, not buying it. Oh, man. Not, not I, buying it. I the, think these the Raiders... guys can come up with money if they need it.
1: So. Maybe they'll get a a GoFundMe going, but like I see pictures of Mark Davis af- after games
2: eating at Burger King in a booth. Like he's, <laughs> I think he's a little strapped. And That's not a joke. Like that's, <laughs> what are you moving to Vegas for? You you make those moves to put billions in your pocket. Are you incompetent as an owner too? Oh, don't answer that. I know. I think they are still paying for the stadium.
1: They're paying the league for the move, and they are paying their last coaching staff. Big money still. So I think that they are stuck with McDaniel's. Uh, he'll be the head coach again next season, barring something crazy happening, but, um, uh, we'll see. Uh, appreciate you guys so much. Obviously the season hasn't gone as we had planned, but we're not going anywhere. The team's not going anywhere. Offense isn't going anywhere. Uh, but we're going to continue to break them down uh, and have fun with it. You guys make it a lot of fun as well. Like I said, we really do appreciate you coming in. Thanks for all the support, the comments tuning in and the super chats. Of course, uh, you guys have a great rest of your day. Have a great weekend. Um, uh, as always choose compassion and kindness and go Broncos.